Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Always appreciate you joining me. It's a rather grim and miserable morning where I am this morning. Um, outside Talk Radio Towers, we have the most ominous, ominous looking sky, uh, looking very miserable indeed. Um, I hope that's not where your your head is at in terms of misery uh, this morning, though. Although, I mean, there is... There's a lot of there's a mixed bag of news around today in terms of good news and bad news, because, of course, uh, uh, we do uh, have, of course, the lockdown vote, the lockdown extension vote yesterday. 60 MPs only voted against it. You are heroes, every single one of you. Thank you for doing your duty to try and protect our freedoms, our liberties and, frankly, sanity uh, in this country. But um, everyone else, the rest of you. We'll remember you come election time. Just so you know, we will remember you come election time. Uh, but uh, also, um, that's obviously very bad news. And I think very bad news, this idea of a default right to work from home after uh, we get back of a... Uh, the, the current lockdown. Um, I'm, I'm just really not sure that uh, we, that is a, a way that our country goes forward or business goes forward. And uh, I think we may as well just give up on give up on ever booming our economy again, unless we all just want to spend the rest of our lives in our pajamas uh, at home on Zoom. Um, but there is the good news about this possibility of this double jab being able to travel without quarantining. But again, you know something that's going to be opened up over the summer to, to oldies like me, but not to the young people in their 20s who won't have had their double jab probably by then, who, by the way, are the people who have given up the most and sacrificed the most uh, in this pandemic. Well, uh, joining me all this morning to discuss that and all the other big stories of the day is Bobby Friedman, who's a barrister and political commentator. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Lovely to speak to you. Um, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of my listeners are in the same boat. And I know I know this mainly from the, the messages I get, the, the, the letters, the emails and the tweets I get from people, often sort of veering between sort of anger, despair, misery, hope, dashed once again, the roller coaster ride that has been this lockdown. Um, uh, and there's a the whole pandemic experience. But um, in terms of just first of all, in terms of the vote yesterday, um, pushed through as we knew it would be because of the, the Labour support with a heavy heart for lockdown extension to continue by another four weeks. But at the same time, even more worrying than that for me was this Whitehall document about life going on in the future, people working from home, um, border controls being set to continue for, who are we kidding, years at this rate, um, uh, face masks required in some public places uh, long term. The prospect that you know this all comes back in the autumn and the winter again, 
that I think a lot of people are just sort of head in hands, just despairing. It's deeply depressing, isn't it? And I, I, th I think in Britain that we, we have a kind of sense that generally, because, because we're quite a sensible country, mm. we sort of think, well, things will just sort of work themselves out. Um, you know, if someone comes up with a really bad idea at work, People don't panic too much. They sort of think, well, common sense will out and this this will never happen. Yes. And the trouble the trouble with COVID is it doesn't things aren't just kind of working out. And I think we all, all just sort of assume that it would sort of go away because things things tend to. And I think this is why it's really depressing. And I think if you actually you know, we look back to last year, Prime Minister said it would all be over by Christmas. So I don't <laughs> think we can really take no, I think so it was the summer. Now, it was the summer, then Christmas, then autumn. Uh, then I mean, it's just it 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 does. I mean, this is the feeling I think for a lot of people. Not it's not a feeling. It's it. We've been right. I mean, the conspiracy theorists. It seemed to me, and a lot of these things appear of, of talking more sanity. It 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 doesn't ever end while we still look at the data the way the government's looking at the data. And Telegraph got an interesting piece today about how once again same has happened in November, and actually you could argue same has happened uh, in January as well. The 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 sage and witty and balanced have used out of date data, data that that gave a much more and very selective data as well, much more worrying picture of where we are to to um, advise and basically order this this four week extension to the lockdown. Just once again, you know, if you open only look at admissions to hospital it can look terrifyingly bad massive increases still tiny numbers but also the number of people who are discharged from hospital again it's quite clear that the numbers going in hospital are going up by a very small amount younger healthier people not not in icu necessarily um and the death rate I and mean, again we're still wednesday what was it eight or nine people very sad for those families but you know another 1500 people died of other things as well um and 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 yet and yet here we are another four weeks of lockdown well well everyone in Europe is opening up. I mean, France, France is opening up from today uh, completely. New York, 30 states in America are opening up. Um, we, 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 having rolled out the vaccine programme sooner than any other Western country other than Israel, we're going to be the last to open up. Well, I, I think the, the culprit for this, though, is is the Delta variant, the Indian variant. I think the I think other countries probably will have, have that come through and, and see the effects of that. I and mean, I think... For me, what it goes back to is, and I know we disagree about this, but it's mm. it, it's about border policy. And I think, unfortunately, if we had instigated a proper border policy to stop people coming in, then we wouldn't be. Well, then we would we would have opened up by well, now. What so is what is this I, proper I border policy? I'm fascinated by this because Australia have cases of the Indian variant, and they have people in two weeks quarantine. Everybody who arrives in the country. Um, uh, most other countries around the world uh, that have any international, you know, most most Western European countries, they they have cases of COVID. No, no, I think it's about seventy countries in total, but certainly most European countries have cases of COVID, the, the Delta variant. Now we have a, you know, a more than a one and a half million population in this country, which uh, which has their family roots in India. We're obviously going to be seeing more travel between the countries where we have strong links, uh, population links. Um, so, of course, we're going to have had more of those cases. Uh, bearing in mind that everybody who travelled in at the time when this was brought in without uh, India being on the red list, um, it was, was, uh, everyone, was, everyone was required to take a test before and after arriving. Um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say much about the quality of those tests, does it? But, but the reality is, I mean, you can't, you can't put everyone in quarantine. The vast majority of those people arriving from India were people who live in Britain. They, they, they were returning from India. They live in this country. Are you saying those people can't come back to this country? 
No, I'm saying they could come back to this country and, and go into hotel quarantine. What if they I don't have what was... if they don't have seventeen hundred and fifty pounds to go into hotel quarantine? Well, then then unfortunately in, in this extraordinary circumstance people wouldn't be able to travel. But I th- I think People wouldn't the, be able the... to go back to their own country. Well, I think for for a short period. But, but look, we've for seen, a short we've seen period, what happened for this. For a short period it's June. It was started the, the re- in January. But the reason the reason what the the rest of us were aren't able to travel we weren't able to travel during this period so it didn't it you know it didn't make any difference uh, it wouldn't be special treatment for anybody unfortunately it would be rubbish for all of us but the, the reason was that if if we had instigate instigated a policy of, of hotel quarantine i accept it's not 100 percent um but it does by and large stop cases what it does it gets it down to a lower enough number where you can can isolate outbreaks but it would it would have slowed it because we 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 are we are in this race unfortunately and i think this is a really important point for people to bear in mind the data we've had out on the vaccines in the last couple of days has actually made it uh, shown that actually we could be more optimistic than we thought no, because that, the vaccines, that was all known i mean this is it. We, we keep having this well, thing we, didn't where we know go they were this we effective. go through so, we, well, we, 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 we certainly knew by the well, no, by we, the beginning of this week, absolutely that the vaccines. We, we knew were. we knew that the va- we now know that the vaccines are up to ninety six percent effective, um, which is and even at this kind of level, if you change those percentages mm. by four or five percent, we knew they were already very good, but they were even better than we thought. So I think that's actually something that should be feeding into the numbers because that means that fewer people are going to die from mm. from another wave. Uh, that's the good news. It means obviously uh, that people should be getting their vaccines, but but it also means that. It, we are just trying to get the final th- final people vaccinated. And obviously that, but that leads to a bigger challenge actually, because at the moment we're still in the stage where we're trying to get vaccinated all the people who want to be vaccinated. Um, and I think we're gonna have a bigger challenge in about two months time, six weeks time, where we're now going to be trying to get people vaccinated who don't want to be vaccinated. And we are gonna need them to do that. No, and it, no, we don't need everyone to do that. We simply don't need everyone in this country to be vaccinated. We need most people to do that. We need most, we need people, most people to do it, but most people are being vaccinated. I mean, this is the thing. And we had the confirmation yesterday from the health secretary, yeah, the social care staff uh, in care homes and NHS staff will be facing mandatory uh, jabs. Of course, I mean, there may be some big legal issues there in terms of people with health concerns and obviously there'll be some exemptions, but um, that, that we talked about that extensively on the show yesterday what do you make of um what uh, we will get we'll come on to double jab travel for uh, in a few moments time but let's talk about dominic cummings the of course the former special advisor senior advisor to the prime minister a few weeks ago gave his evidence to the health uh, and to technology committees uh, where he gave seven hours of evidence made some extraordinary claims about not only boris johnson who he considers utterly incompetent you know absolutely unsuitable to power and also claims about uh, matt hancock and, and said he should have been sacked on 12 to 15 occasions and, and that the prime minister didn't rate him um he had it, it emerged when we saw Matt Hancock give his evidence uh, and it emerged of course that, that, that Dominic Cummings hadn't provided the evidence that he'd promised to provide well yesterday he did uh, and as part of his evidence of what he had um, claimed at that uh, committee hearing he produced screenshots of various WhatsApp message exchanges with the Prime Minister including messages in which the Prime Minister was describing it, it is claimed uh, Matt Hancock his health secretary as beeping useless beeping hopeless talking about even trying to get replace him uh, handling various issues like PPE with Michael Gove. Michael Gove, we know, is, by the way, the person who's running everything in government when it comes to COVID right now. There isn't a committee that happens that's not chaired by Michael Gove. He is the man um, doing all, all of the, the, the legwork on all of this. Um, but what, what do you make of these messages? How damaging are they for either Boris Johnson or Matt Hancock? Well, I, th- I think for things to be damaging, they have to come from a credible source. And... 
And I think that's the saving grace for Boris Johnson and Matt Hancock, which is they come from Dominic Cummings. Uh, they, you know, they come from the man who checked his eyesight at Barnard Castle, and, yeah. I, and I think it's not held in high regard by the public yeah. uh, for good reason. And the other thing is, I mean, I genuinely actually, it, 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 I find it a bit unseemly for someone to be disclosing private text yes. messages, private WhatsApps. I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering whether, I mean, I, I thought this would be against the Official Secrets Act. When you go into government at that level... You you sign the Official Secrets Act, so you're not allowed to publish. You, you know you see you see stories that would be basically. I, I remember speaking to a special advisor once at the health department who said that that they they saw a, a splash news a splash newspaper story pass over their desk maybe every half hour. You know, in terms of the stuff, you're not allowed to reveal that stuff. I find it extraordinary that you're allowed to reveal private WhatsApp messages. Surely that would come under the remit of the Official Secrets Act. Your your contact as an official with the Prime Minister during a pandemic, surely. I would, I would imagine so. Um, I also think just generally it is confidential information, which mm. you, you're not, therefore not allowed to disclose. I mean, I think, so yeah, it, it's, it's unseemly, but it also, it's a bigger problem because people in government have got to be able to express their own opinions and to actually just say what they're thinking at the yes. time. Look, any of us who've been in stressful situations at work, work in teams, will know that you turn around to someone and said, that person's beeping useless, um, that yeah. person's a beeping idiot, it's often in the heat of the moment. It doesn't mean that you actually think oh, no, they should be no, fired. No, no, no. When I say it, I often mean it. <laughs> I'd stand by it in a court of law very often. <laughs> I've worked in many an office where that would have been true. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. People, I think it's very, I mean, look, it's, as a journalist, it's great to know these things that, that, and, and, and it's amusing. But, but as a citizen, you know, as, a, as, as, as someone who wants to have competent governance, I don't think it helps. To have uh, to have people in a situation where they can't you're in charge they can't speak freely and and get free judgment and have open and honest conversations without fear that it's going to end up on the front page of the papers the next day. Exactly, and look, I'm sure on the other side, Keir Starmer will have had a million conversations where he said that this member of his shadow cabinet is useless, and they've yeah. said that he's useless. But in fairness, that is life. That's how you yeah. discuss things. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you put you know any business will know that when you go and present to a client or whatever you don't you're not going to say well by the way last week i said this guy's useless you can say well he's quite good we all know that we know people have got private opinions so it does seem pretty unseemly to me i'm not sure it actually tells us that much and no i'm really not i'm not sure any of it's that much of a surprise well we'll have to leave it there we're going to get to uh, the front page we're going to talk about more of that later in the show don't forget we're also going to be talking to the treasury minister jesse norman and the australian high commissioner george brand is talking about that australian uk trade deal what does it actually really mean for us uh, 6 48 is the time this is talk radio the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.